We thank you that we're found in you. You've rescued us, Lord. And we're just here for you this morning. We want to praise you. We want to focus on you, Lord. We want to feel your presence. We want to get to know you more in this place and just worship you. It's a pleasure and delight you, God, to worship you here.
welcome him here. You just say it again, God. We know you're here this morning, but we just uh, want to express our heart to you. That we want you here. Uh, we want you to move in this place. We welcome here. Welcome here, God. We're glad you're here this morning. Uh, your presence is so sweet. So we just continue to worship you. You are worthy, Lord. You're the cornerstone that uh, our faith is built on. Everything is built around you, Lord Jesus. So we just want to declare this to you, your worthiness in this moment.
lifted up to you, that you are Lord of all. You are righteous and merciful and faithful. That you are trusted and worthy. There's no one like you, Lord Jesus. Let's continue to worship God. Um, our Bibles say that better is one day in his courts, better is one day in his house, and thousands elsewhere. So we are so glad, we are so grateful, God, that we get to come into this house, your house, the house of the Lord, and celebrate and worship and praise you, God, that we get to be in your presence wherever we are, you are there. But today we focus on getting fed from you today, dear Lord, that you would uh, uh, pour into us, God, so that when we go out into our lives, we can pour into others, God. That's our mission of this church, God, and that's what we want from you today, God, that you would speak to us our pastor this morning, that we would hear from you, God, that you would touch our souls and our hearts, keep our minds and our um, eyes and our ears open to hear you this morning, God, help us to be still and quiet and know, God, that it's better here than thousands elsewhere, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. good morning, church, how's everybody doing? Uh, I'm excited to be here this morning, uh, I'm going to steal uh, one of Pastor Lewis's favorite lines. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? <laughs> I am. 
I, I'm, I'm really excited today. I got some things that I want to share with you guys as a result of why I'm excited. But first thing, I'm excited that you guys are here. I'm getting to see the church start to fill up more. And so it's great to see you guys. Give yourselves a round of applause for being here. Yeah. So I want to welcome all of our members to the church. If you are not a member here, then I'd like to welcome you as a new guest. So help me welcome anybody that's new. Yeah. That's why I asked you if you were excited, because we're going to do a lot of clapping today. Getting that, those juices flowing, right? Uh, also, help me welcome those that are watching on Facebook Live. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining us. And after I put you through that little workout, you may have a seat. All right? <laughs> Thank you, guys. Good morning, everybody. My name is Anthony Perez. I'm your host for today's service. Um, and my main job is to give you guys some information. But rather than always hearing me talk and telling you guys about stuff, uh, there's a church picnic coming up, and the person that's in charge of that, I'd like to welcome her up here and tell you uh, a little bit more about that. And so that's Maggie DeLong. Give Maggie DeLong a round of applause. Good morning, family. Um, in charge is not the word. That I'm going to address on this picnic. It's building our church community back up. Building us back up, bringing fellowship together, getting out of our comfort zone of being on Zoom, um, and just fellowshipping together. We have sign-up sheets in the back. We do have cooks already volunteering. Larry volunteered. Elena and Jesus have brought games already, so we could be ready. Um, it's happening Sunday right after service, so we are setting up at 8.30 in the morning. We need volunteers for setup, teardown. Um, the church will be providing hamburgers, hot dog buns, um, and whatever's needed for that. But we're asking you guys to bring a dish, your favorite dish, um, something you want to throw on the grill, because Larry said he's ready to cook it up for us. So, um, so I'm hoping that everybody can attend after Sunday service. We try to make it easy. We know it's hard to get together. And a lot of us are still fearful to meet in crowds. But um, come on back to church at least Sunday, y'all, on Facebook. Come on. Let's do it. Thank you so much, Maggie. Um, Maggie does a great job of organizing and uh, bringing people together because she has a heart to serve God, and she loves people. And so she just wants to, us all to get connected, to spend time together as brothers and sisters in Christ. So I want to invite you guys to, to come out and make time for that next week, all right? all right? I got one more announcement. That announcement is our Essentials Conference, and that's at the end of the month. It's, I think, August 27th. Uh, what our Essentials Conference is, our Essentials Conference is training up our small group leaders. Okay, so anybody that's been a small group leader here, uh, they attend this conference so that they could be better equipped and trained to be able to facilitate our small groups. There are, we don't call them small groups anymore. They're called life groups because we do not li like we're going to have a picnic together. We want to do life together, not just at picnics, not just at church, but together on during the week so that we can build each other up. Uh, the Bible tells us that iron sharpens iron. And so it's so important that we be together so that we can lift each other up, encourage each other, pray for each other, be there. When, uh, in times of need. But more importantly than just training up our leaders, this essential conference is open up to anybody that's thinking about being a leader, you're thinking about hosting a group, you're even thinking about how to even run the groups. This is great for you. 
So basically, it's open to anybody in the church. You're invited to come to be a part of it, um, sit in on it, get to training, so that maybe later on in the future, you might want to be able to assist one of the small group leaders or actually even be a small group leader yourself. So it's so important. Sign up for this. In the back, we're going to be having sign-up sheets. We're going to be talking about this a little bit more. Uh, Pastor Lewis is going to be talking about one church. We are one church that meets in 27 different locations. That's what's going to be our uh, our sermon series for the next couple weeks. Uh, so we're going to have different pastors come in here uh, preaching on us. Next week, I think, is Mike Berry. He's the guru of small groups. So you're, we're going to be – we're going to have a uh, – it's going to be a great treat for us. Hopefully he'll talk about that. But if not, you'll be able to talk to him about wanting to be a part of that essentials group. I'm spending a lot of time on that because this is so important for us to get more connected in that. Amen? Amen. Thank you. Now, I had a, this is where we receive our offering. Now, all of our offering is done online now. Uh, none of it is done in-house. So what you need to do is you need to download that app, and on that, it's secure. So, I know it's secure because I know the person personally in charge of all of our tech stuff, and his name is Kent Richards. Is Kent still here, or did he take off? He took off? Okay, he was here because he was helping us uh, behind the scenes doing something that I'm going to share with you guys in a minute. But I, I know that that thing is um, very secure. Me and my wife have been giving this way for over a year. So if you have any um, questions about that, see myself, see one of the elders, uh, or the easiest way to do it is just text that number. And then you'll be able to give that way. It's so important for you to give to this church. And I want to share with you now. I've been holding back on why I was so excited. Tell me if we didn't just have a fantastic worship experience this morning. Didn't we? Yes. Praise God for that. Praise God for that. And that's why I, I, I called out Kent Richardson. Because he's a part of uh, uh, all of our church's tech um, support. And so he came to make sure that everything was digitally prepared. Uh, how many of you guys have uh, multiple drivers in your house? You know, were there two people that drive the same car maybe, possibly? Uh, I know Danny over here, his son just recently got his license. I know my son Sam's going to get his license. But the thing that bothers me the most is when you give your keys to somebody else and they adjust the seat in your car, right? Even worse than that is when they adjust the, the dial on the bass or the treble on my stereo. Come on, just leave it alone, please. Right? Because you know the way you like it, the way it sounds, right? But I never knew this, but there's a somebody that's an audio digital master. I don't even know what their title is. But we had someone like that come in here during the week, work with each one of our um, band members up here, and get them digitally programmed into our soundboard. That's why when I was back there, you could hear each, you could hear Mario pounding on, pounding on the bass, uh, Ray over here, George on the drums. Jason always sounds great, but he sounded so crisp and clear today. And, and I, I bring that up to you because that's what happens when you give to New Life. When you give to the finances of your church, we always talk about where you're giving to reach the lost, to raise disciples, and release leaders, right? Well, when we reach the lost, we want to reach them with excellence. So when they come in here, they're eager to come and hear the, the worship band, not only bring them into the presence of God, but because they sound so good. Because nobody touched the stereo and turned down and screwed up the seat and did something that they didn't want to in their car, right? We, 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 none of us like that. So I'm so glad that you guys invest in that. I want to say thank you for that. Thank you for the future people that are going to come and hear that because of what you're investing in this church. Like I said, you're helping us to reach the lost. So thank you so much. 
Let's bow our heads and we'll pray for the offering. And after that, we're going to have a short video for you guys to watch. And then after that, we'll welcome Pastor Lewis up, okay? Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you, God, that um, you're preparing in advance for us good works to do, God. And that we just have to step into that and join you, that you, you invite us to join into that. And one of those areas is financially, God. We don't know who's going to come and hear the songs that are going to be sung here. But we know that when they come, that we're going to put it forth with excellence, God. That this band here takes time to, to practice, to use their gifts to worship you so that others can be used, God. And so we thank you for that, God. We thank you for that, that people like myself and other people in the congregation who don't have that talent, but we have money that we could put towards that. So you invite us into that, God. We ask that you would take that money and multiply it so that more people could come and hear not only the music, but your message, God, that changes us, God, that Jesus Christ has set us free, God. So we thank you for that. Bless this offering. Bless this message. Bless, um, bless our lives, God. Bless us as we move forward in this service. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Good morning. Great to be with you today and great to have people. I think we're having a, couple, a little bit of technical difficulty. So we're going to get that straightened out. In the, in the meantime, I guess um, I'm supposed to keep you guys entertained to stall a little bit. Yeah, no, you're, you don't want me to sing. It's, it's bad enough each week you guys got to hear me talk up here. So, But yeah, um, most of the people that... Um, know that George is my son, that he plays the drums. And one of the biggest things that I used to always say to him during COVID, when we were at, at home, is, George, man, I can't hear you in the sounds coming through your faithful. Like, and I would turn it up and everything like that. He asked Jason to come set it up. But it's so cool. So I'm excited to hear what hey, people are going to say about super Facebook. I'm excited and to where jump into today a new series called One Church. This is a series that every one of our locations, all 27, from Elgin to Montgomery to Hammond to Hobart to Little Village and Midway and Lincoln Park, all across New Life, we are preaching this series. And this series is going to be about how we are the Church of God and what the church is called to do. We are an amazing church that's been spread out all over the city for the good of the city. And we're really trying to transform this city with the power of the good news of Jesus Christ. And so this month, we're going to be doing something exciting. The first week, your pastor who's here is preaching this sermon. The next two weeks, you're having two different pastors from two different New Life locations come and preach to you through this one church series. And the final Sunday of the month, I'm going to be preaching to you on a video message in your screen. And I'm going to be talking about our theme, what I feel like God is placing upon my heart and our team's heart for where God is going to take us in the next few months. I'm telling you, this is going to be a powerful season. You don't want to miss it. So to take it away, your pastor is going to bring the message this morning. Let's give a huge round of applause for your pastor as they come up. Let's give it up for them. Amen. amen. Praise God. How many people excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Anthony, I'm sorry we did a, an Oscars approach on you. You know, when the, the music starts while you're still talking, but... We got the video up, so praise God. Thank you, Anthony. We're just testing you. We wanted to see, you know, how good your skills are. 
Praise God, as Pastor Josiah just mentioned, we're doing something different this month, which is, which is pretty exciting. I, I, I never want to be away from you guys on a Sunday to preach the word, but um, they're sending me off on tour. I'll be going to two different locations within these next two weeks. I think I'm hitting up uh, Humble Park next week, and then I'll be doing uh, Elgin. And then you'll have Pastor Mike Berry here, and also the following Sunday, you'll have Pastor Tom Fitzmorris, who you guys have have met here before as well. So we're just doing this because we want you guys to just see different faces, to know, to know that we are not just this location. We're not just New Life Montclair, but we are New Life Community Church that meets at Montclair, but there are New Life Community Church that meets all over the city and even in different states. And so we've come up with a series that is titled One Church. And in this series, we're going to be talking about how, how God, how Christ became he, he, he died on the cross, not just so that we could just be doing whatever it is that we want, but so that we can be doing it together. That there's something bigger that is in front of us, and we're meant to do it together as one. Separated, man, we're no good. Together, we are good. We are great. And so we're starting off today's sermon, uh, which is going uh, to be titled, Every Peace has a place. We're going to be focusing in today on the first book of Corinthians chapter 12 in the latter part of that passage. But before that, I wanted to jump in and say and just kind of mention, you know, I think it's on some of our dollar bills. I know it's it's the traditional model of the United States that appears on the great seal that was approved by an act of Congress in 1782. This model was proposed by um, John Adams, Benjamin Franklin, and Thomas Jefferson, and it was, it's a Latin phrase uh, that says, who knows what it says? E pluribus unum. Whoever said that get, gets a prize after the service. It's a Latin phrase meaning one from many. Listen to that. One from many. Why? Why? Because it was very, uh, it was known to them right off the bat that this nation was going to be a nation that was going to uh, be determined to go on ahead and make something great, to great, make this great nation, which we know as the United States of America, out of many different states. That we were only going to be as good as we all were collectively together. 50 states, man. There's a lot going on. But when we work together, we make up this great nation. And the reality is that in a similar but more significant way, God created the church. God created the church, the body of Christ, to be out of many, one. We look at it as out of many, out of many churches, we make one great church, the church, the body of Jesus Christ. That's why here at New Life, we're not in competition with any other churches. If anything, we want to work alongside them. When we were doing the food pantry during the midst of the height of the pandemic, man, I linked up. There was uh, multiple locations or multiple churches, not a part of New Life, that reached out and said, man, can we get some food so that we can pass out as well? And I said, sure, man, come on in. We work together as one, as the body of Christ. But there's a kind of a little bit of, a, of an issue. When you start looking a lot of times, 
let's put it this way. When you're looking to purchase a house in a specific community, or maybe even go on ahead and say, hey, I'm going to invest here, or I just want to go on ahead and rent here, whatever the case is, what are some of the things that you look at in the community before you decide to move in? You look at, hey, how are the schools, right? How are the schools? You go on Redfin, you can see the schools ranked. Right? Some people determine if they're going to invest in, in, in a property based on, on that. Oh, how many parks are there? Oh, is there, a, is there enough greenery? Is there enough space? What are the, how, how do the libraries look? What is, it that this, what, what is it that this community has to offer to me? But you want to know what that's, even though I, I have noticed some, some of these engines now starting to add churches in there, but most of the time people don't look at, well, how are the churches in that community? Sure, it's a great way, place to, to raise my family, but, but where are, how are the churches? How are the churches ranked? Have you ever wondered why the culture around us deems the church to be irrelevant? Why is this incredible, this eternity-altering, this life-giving gift of God, why is it regarded as such a non-essential part of our communities or a non-essential part of our city or a non-essential part of our state or a non-essential part of our nation? Well, there's a really long answer to that question, but the short answer is that over the years, many local churches, the reality is they have failed to accomplish their purpose. And in turn, they have faded into just a shadow of the blazing bride of Jesus Christ, in which Christ came to purchase with his holy blood. The church Jesus released upon the earth that turned the first century world upside down and spread throughout the known world today. The church, to some degree, has failed to maintain that momentum. And as, as if it wasn't enough, a pandemic came that really, really tested the local churches. As a matter of fact, I don't have the stats with me, but after research and study, many churches actually have closed their doors during this time. Who's responsible for this? Who is responsible for the church being the church? Who is responsible for the church being the church? Is it the pastors? Is it the, the elders, the councils, the deacons, the bishops? Whatever it is that you name people who are leading the church, is it their job to lead the church? Well, yes, of course, leaders are to carry a certain type of weight. We are supposed to be carrying a weight of responsibility, but, but, but what about the individual? What about the individual? What part does the individual play in making the church what the church ought to be? What part do you play? In making this church here that maybe you have called home, what part is it that you play in making this church a powerful church? What part do I play? The Bible teaches that every single person, listen to this, that every single person that believes in Jesus Christ becomes a piece of the church. We are organized 
around the world in local churches like this one here today. And as Anthony said, we got uh, New Life locations. I keep wanting to say New Life Montclair. New Life locations all over the city. But man, there's also other vibrant churches that aren't a part of us all over the city, all over this world. And the reality is that we all have a place in that, that local church. Have you guys ever seen these, um, these, these, I tried to find one today, but I, I couldn't locate it, a, a 3D puzzle. Who, who here has put a 3D puzzle together? Man, those things are pretty, pretty challenging. They're pretty tough. Halfway through, you say, you know what, I'm not going to make this a 3D puzzle. Bam, you just throw it on the floor or whatever it is. But the beautiful thing about these 3D puzzles is that there are different pieces, but they fit together in a special way to make whatever it is that this puzzle is supposed to be, right? When you get that puzzle, when you're looking at the story, you're like, oh, man, look at this, look at this, look at this puzzle, look at this puzzle. Oh, man, I can't wait to make it. And then you realize it's not easy, it's, it's difficult, but you understand that once you get it going, each piece, you have to put it where it belongs. In order for the, 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 the purpose of each and every single piece of that puzzle to, to be fulfilled, when the creators created that puzzle, when the creators created those pieces, they created them that they would look beautiful when they were all together. And they all mean the same thing. They are all important. The piece that goes on the top to finish the puzzle is just as important as the piece on the bottom of that 3D puzzle. Because what would happen if that bottom piece wasn't there? It'd fall over. It'd be knocked down. Today, as we begin our series, One Church, we're going to see how God wants to see that every single piece is in the right place. He wants to to, to see that so we can create a complete picture so that the local church can fulfill God's purpose. Because I want to tell you something, and this is one of the main ideas of my message today. And that is that every piece of the church has a place in the church. And if every piece doesn't find its place, the church will never accomplish its purpose. Now, I'm not talking about the church of Jesus Christ because God will make sure that his Church fulfills whatever it is that needs to be fulfilled. But what I am talking about that each and every, as I look at you right now, I'm sorry to say this, but guess what? I'm not looking at you as a number. I'm looking at you as a puzzle piece for the sake of this sermon. Each and every single one of you are pieces of the puzzle that have been scattered. And now the job is, can you imagine how powerful this church could be if we all got together in the right way? To make what it is that God has called us to be. But I will tell you one thing. This church, I'm only, I'm only speaking about this church here today. New Life Community Church that meets at Mount Clare. If we can't figure out where the pieces belong, or if you are a piece that I'm saying, hey, come on, you need to come right here to complete the puzzle. And you say, no, 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 no. Then we, as a church, as a location, will never fulfill what it is that God has for us to fulfill. This is the exact message that God wanted to get through to the church of Corinth. That local church was struggling, man. They were struggling with a lot, lots, and lot of problems. People in the church were fighting amongst themselves. 
people in the church were, there was some division that was happening. Immorality was rampant. And if it wasn't enough, there was a, quite a bit of confusion when it came to certain beliefs, especially about how each piece were, was to fit in. But the beautiful thing is that God didn't give up on this church. God didn't give up on this, this, this somewhat stubborn church. As a matter of fact, he writes, according to my Bible, 24 pages to the church of Corinth. That's, that's counting Corinthians, the first book and the second book of Corinthians. The apostle Paul, through this letter, was trying to bring back order through a right understanding of the way that God sees the local church. And when we get to chapter 12, we see that Paul begins to address the big confusion that people had about spiritual gifts. They were confused on what the spiritual gifts were. They were confused on who was to do what and how were they supposed to do what. The church in Corinth, instead of working together and valuing and celebrating their diversity, they were jealous. They were proud and they were arrogant and most unfortunately, they were disconnected. Here's what they had to learn about the local church. Here's what Paul shows that they had to learn about what the local church ought to be. And the first thing, if you're taking notes, is this. What you have to understand about the local church is that you are a piece of something that is bigger than yourself. You are a piece of something that is bigger than yourself. In other words, Christianity isn't just personal. This is something that we all have to understand. This is something that I have to understand, that I remind myself constantly. Lewis, it's, it's not just about you. You are a part of something that is bigger than just you. You are a part of something that is great. Something that is powerful. You are a part of something that nothing else in this world can compare to. And that is the power that we have with the risen blood of Jesus Christ. We're a part of something that transforms lives. Someone say amen. We are, the part, we are a part of something that help, would help bring people that, in which people would have excluded from this world, but we're a part of, of, of a, an organization, of a family that takes those people that have been excluded and include them into something great that is the people of God. We're a part of something that when people feel like there's nowhere else to go, they can reach out. They can reach out and they can find what it is that they are looking for. Let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12. It says, just as a body, though one, everyone say, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body. Right? Are you just a head? Are you just a hand? Are you just a foot? Paul is telling the Corinthians, I'm stopping here really quickly. Paul is telling here the Corinthians, just like one body has many parts, but it forms just one body. It says, so it is with Christ. Verse 13, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. Rather Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. 
as I was putting this together, and I'm looking at I'm looking at pictures of of the human bodies, and I wanted to kind of show you some pictures, but to be in reality, I'd have to show you multiple slides because there are so many things that make us up. There are, to be exact, 206 bones. Did you know that? Did you know that you have 206 bones in your body? There are 22 internal organs. Some of us say, man, I just know my, my, my brain, my heart, and my stomach. You have over 600 muscles. There are 11 systems that make up your body alone. I mean, you can get lost in all kinds, in the nervous system. You can get lost in, in, in the system, you know, with the, all the veins and all these type of things. Just, it, was just, it was just, my mouth was just dropped as I'm looking at all of these things that make this body up. There's all these things, right? There's, there's 206 bones, 22 organs, over 600 muscles, 11 systems, yet all of that forms how many bodies? One. One. In verse 13, he says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body. All baptized by one spirit of salvation, immersed by the Holy Spirit to be united in one body. You see, this passage here, just to clarify, is not referring to water baptism, but rather a spirit baptism. A spirit baptism that happens when? According to the Bible, all believers, all those who believe, that moment, that time that you make a decision to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your personal Savior, the Bible says you are immersed in the spirit, and now you belong to one body, the body of Christ. He says, rather Jews or Gentiles, slaves or free, we are all given that one spirit to drink. Paul is saying it doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter your nationality. It doesn't matter what your gender is. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what your economic status is. All are, giving, all, all are given one spirit. We are many parts. We look different. We work differently. We function differently, but we are part of the same body. This is true in one church, and it's true of different churches that embrace the gospel. And so not only are you a piece in the understanding of what the body is, an understanding of, of who we are, what the church is, not only are you a piece of something bigger than yourself, but second, the church has a place that only your piece can fill. The church has a place that only your peace can fill. Verse 15, it says, now if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body. Because I am not a hand, I, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body. It would not, for that reason, stop being a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, as it is there are many parts but one body. Once again, this is saying, we can't say, hey, you don't need me. 
You know why sometimes sometimes I've heard people say, man, you know what? The church is is uh, is doing good. You guys are doing good. You you don't need it. That couldn't be any more false. Because the reality is maybe you are a piece to this puzzle in which only you can truly feel. When God gave you gifts, talents, whatever it is, we need that piece. You can't say you don't need me. I can't say I don't need you. Speaking of bodies and all the parts in there, there's a hidden part that we call the appendix. You guys ever heard of that? Ever wonder why they put the appendix in the back of, you know, books and stuff like that too? Because who, who looks at that? <laughs> you know that some people don't, we don't really even know, really, sometimes what that part, that, that, that body part does. But I will say something. When your appendix goes bad, you're going to know it. You're going to feel it. You're going to understand it. You may think everything's working right, and you may not even know what that piece is doing. But when that piece decides to go, 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 go bye-bye, then, we, then, then the body feels it. It alerts your, your, your nerve system. It alerts your, your body. Something's wrong. Something that was a part of us is beginning to die. Something needs to happen. And the reality is that's the same way with each and every single one of us. In fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, as his word says, just as he wanted them to be. God knew. We don't, we don't know why, what the purpose is completely, but, but he, know, he knows. Just like he knows what purpose it is that you have here in the local church. Being different doesn't mean that we're second rate. Everybody has to be accepted. Everyone has to be valued. Everybody has to be created for it or celebrated for its uniqueness and what it is that you bring as a whole. And by the way, let me say something. Many, many people are a part of a church only. I, I, I just have to say that. Many people are a part of this church only to get their needs met. We got to be careful with that. We may, we may go somewhere and say, oh, man, but this, this, is, this, is, this is having, this makes me feel good. I like this. And what happens is sometimes we stick to something because we are getting our need, our, we want our needs to be met. Our physical needs, you know what that is? That's more of a consumer mindset. Did you know that you have not been called to be a consumer as a child of Christ? You have been called to be a contributor. You're not meant to sit somewhere just so that you can receive the, all the good stuff that an organization, a church, or whatever the case has to give you. You, as the body of Christ, have a call. You have a purpose to say, I am here. What do I do? Because I need to contribute to allow this train to continue to move forward. Not to just watch it by and say, oh, that was a beautiful train. Jesus said, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them what it is that I have taught you. So we got to be very careful. we got to be very careful when it comes to this area because we can. Listen, there's great places out there. There's great churches that, that have it all. they got some good stuff together. they got great, great music, all this type of stuff. And, and, and we can simply say, man, I want to go because I want to see the show. And if that's where God has called you, Praise God for that. But just understand, 
that if you were a consumer here and weren't getting what you wanted and went over there so that you can get what you want, don't stay a consumer over there either. Your call has been to be a contributor. Get involved. Find out, God, the gifts and the talents you gave me. Because you know what happens when you don't? Eventually, the, t- the, the show gets tiring, and it's time to go watch another one. But when you say, God, use me. God, use me for what you want me to do. Lord, in this season, if I'm here in this church, what is it that you want me to do? Because when you start doing that, sometimes God begins to just fulfill some of these needs that you have. And you may not easily get discouraged because you say, man, I'm doing something that matters. I'm doing something that matters. In fact, the church won't fulfill its purpose unless each piece finds its place. And listen, I want to be a pastor of a church that is fulfilling its purpose. And I would hope that you want to be a, a member of a church that is fulfilling its purpose. Well, in order for that to happen, we all have to find our place. Amen? Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16 says this. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in what? Love. You know what, as a pastor, that is the toughest, toughest, toughest message to deliver. Because without love, everything crumbles. Without love, any momentum that maybe God has given a church will begin to crumble. And they ask Jesus, which is the greatest commandment, man? He says, man... Yes, you have to love me. You have to love the Lord with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your strength. But you also have to love who? Your neighbor. The same way that you love yourself. That means if you're not loving your neighbor, you better not be loving yourself. Because you're not following his commands. Everything works together and is all based on love. It says, finishes off that, that passage, as each part does its work. Every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Meaning that sometimes that love, in order for that love to continue to grow, to continue to flourish, it's going to take the pieces that are a part of that local church playing its proper role. Doing what it ought to be. If you are an encourager, you need to be encouraging. If you are a teacher, while you're teaching, while you're encouraging, while you are planning, while you are building, whatever it is that God has called you to do, while you're playing an instrument, while we're all doing the work that God has called us to do, while we are all playing our role, while we are all being the proper piece that God has designed us to be, then love also can begin to flourish and grow. One of the most saddest things is someone not using the gifts and the talent that God has given them. That means we can't say you don't need me, nor can we say I don't need you. That is false. We need each other. We need each other. There's enough separation. There's enough strife in this world, man. The local church can't be another place where this happens. Verse 21 says this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. 
and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while other presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lack it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. These are powerful words coming from the Apostle Paul to the church. Can't say we don't need each other. We cannot say to each other, I don't need you. We don't need each other. The reality is we do. We need each other to be healthy. We need each other to be fully effective. I need you and you need me. And you know what that is? When that starts happening, that's called the church. Or we need each other. If the body works as it should, all body parts need to cooperate with each other and even compensate for the others while they're in crisis. You know, when I, when I hurt my back and I was already going through excruciating pain, I, I was walking gingerly, but instead, instead of me bending, even just to bend to open up my drawer to, to throw some garbage in, I would go because, because I, I had a bulging disc that was back there in my spine. I, it couldn't do its job properly. So, so other parts of my body began to compensate for that. Like, all right, Lewis, you can't bend down, so let's go on ahead and use all these other muscles and tendons and stuff that you don't normally use. Them. And I'm over here bending like, like a figure eight to open up my, my garbage can. Now, it worked for a little bit, but the more and more that I did that, you know what was happening? It was starting to wear down on other parts of my body. But all that to say is that when one part is hurting, other parts of your body kind of begin to step in to compensate so, so that you can do what it is that you need to do. And that's the way the church ought to be. People in the church may go through situations such as death of a loved one. They may go through a divorce. They may go through a lost job. They may go through betrayal or whatever the case is. And you know what? We need to be there for that. As the body of Christ, you need to be there for that. Now, listen, we're, listen, if you're listening to this and you said, man, where were you when I needed you? If you're looking at your local church and say, man, where were you? Where were they? Where were they called? Where were, where were these things when I needed them? Listen, the first thing I want to do is I want to apologize for that. To a point. The second point, though, is I'm a human being. We're all human. We make mistakes. We don't always show up when we need to. We are imperfect. That includes the one even asking the question, where were you? But that doesn't mean that we close the door. That doesn't mean that we say, well, you know what, forget it. No, what that means is we open up our eyes to the Lord. We go to Jesus and say, listen, right now, why, why am I feeling alone? Listen, the one that will never allow you to feel alone is Jesus Christ. You go to him. You go to him. But what I do have to say is, church, we do have to be better in this area. We have to be better in staying connected. We have to be better in reaching out when we don't see someone. We, we have to be better when we find out something is wrong with someone. Right now, we've got someone in our church who, who's away, and I haven't seen them. And, hey, how are you doing? Huh? I just had the baby. 
wonder how many phone calls or texts they've received. Hopefully some. Our elder, Jose Gonzalez, is out after being here a couple weeks ago. We're chatting, and next thing he calls me that same night, I'm going to, uh, we need emergency surgery. He had some, 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 some issues with the gallbladder. Some of the stuff was starting to develop some gangrene, and they had to go in right away and remove that stuff. And it encouraged me when I hear him say, Pastor, yeah, people have reached out. Like, we need to do that, and we need to do that better. But I also do understand that we all are busy. We all have crazy things going on in our lives. So although we have to do it better, if you're listening to this and if you are on that other end, then also please have mercy and grace and know that other people also have things on their plate and maybe can't reach out to the way you want to. But please, let's strive to be better. Amen? Let's strive to be better. You're a piece of something bigger than yourself. You're a piece of the, you're a part of the church. And that church that you're a part of has a place that only you can fill. But lastly, I want you to realize this. And that is that every piece has a place, but not any piece has every place. Every piece has a place, but not any piece has every place. And Let's let the scriptures explain that. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. And God has placed in the church first all apostles, second prophets, third teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, of helping, of guidance, and of different kinds of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Do all work miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all speak in tongues? Do all interpret? Paul asked this rhetorical question in verses 49 and 30. The obvious answer to that question is no. No, not one person has the gift to do it all. But each one of us has gifts that were chosen by the Holy Spirit. We are each a unique, necessary, and independent piece. And we have to find our place within the local church so that we can fulfill our purpose. We're not all teachers. We're not all musicians, or we would have, we would have a, a, a full band up here. We're not all preachers that, that are lined up here preaching. We're, we're not all those, those people that are always happy and sending encouraging text messages. But each and every one of us has those different gifts that we can use it together. Because I've seen so many times, I have been guilty of it, when I take or when I've seen people try to take the responsibility of so many things. Yeah, things get done, but not like if everybody, if all those posts or positions were assigned to someone that had that gifting, that had that talent. I want you to do this really quickly as we get ready to finish up here. I want you to close your eyes right where you're at. And I want you to imagine this. While your eyes are closed, I want you to work with me and really imagine what I'm saying. Imagine if every single one of us responded to this message today and used our gifts to play our part. Imagine a city where the local church wasn't an embarrassing afterthought. 
Imagine your local church thriving with the power of God flowing through every single person. Imagine our sons and daughters growing up in life-giving, vibrant, healthy, relevant life, living local church where they each, this is the part that gets me excited, where they each found their own purpose and stepped into their full potential. Imagine. Imagine. You can open up your eyes. That was a test, because if your eyes are still closed, that means you're asleep. I'm laughing at my son back there. I love it. There are so many places to fit into your local church. So many places. Listen, as you look around, you may say, man, well, I show up to church and everything's rolling. Everything must be good. No, we need you. We need you because we're doing what we're doing, but we could be doing so much more. And it's not only about that the church needs you, but, man, but you need the church. You need to be a part of something, not just be present. You actually need to be a part of something where you've got, you, where you've got skin in the game, as they call it. You need to have some responsibility, some accountability, saying, man, this is something that I do for the church, and if I were no longer doing it, the church would notice. Walking into the bathrooms today, garbage is, are, are empty. Things are cleaned up. That group of people who come and they clean the church every couple times a month, if they stop, we'd notice. If Jason decided all of a sudden he was going to take an extended vacation, we'd notice. Oh, perfect timing. <laughs> if Joe decided, hey, hey, I'm no longer going to make coffee, Pastor, because you keep buying me Folgers when I want, I want Starbucks. Not that he said that. We'd notice. We weren't, if we didn't have people greeting outside, we'd notice. We currently don't have a kids' zone ministry. We notice. There are things, there are our opportunities for people to step in and say, I'm in. I'm in. Because I'm a piece. I'm a piece that God has designed. I'm a piece that God has, has woven together. And I want to be a part of that puzzle. So that we can be the all-powerful, mighty church on fire for Jesus who loves each other, who God has called to be, who we ought to be. But it only happens when we work together. It only happens when we come together. There's so many opportunities. I'm not going to get to them all, but you know this. Reach out. Reach out to me. Reach out to, to, to anyone that you know that needs one of these ministries and say, man, I'm interested in that. At the end of this month, we're going to have something put together. We're going to see the ministries that, that we can use helping. You sign up for that so we can start September in with a bang to see what God wants to do with this. Amen? Or maybe we've, we've got things like the tech team out there who controls the sounds. We've got the music team. We've got the greeters. We've got... Uh, clean for the king who cleans the churches. We're going to have kids' old ministry up and running. 
We've got to have, we, need, we have life groups that maybe we need some leaders or people that say, hey, hey, I don't know what to do, but I want to be a part and I want to dedicate my time in helping people get connected in a smaller setting. Or maybe there's a gift that you have that, that maybe we, uh, for a ministry that we don't have, that maybe we need to explore a little bit. You can tell me, hey, pastor, this is something that I'm interested in. This is something that I'm passionate about. Let's talk about it and see if there's something that we can do. But if you're willing to accept God's word that every piece has a place, and if you're willing to play your part, even if you're not sure what it is yet, and you might not know, but the fact that you're thinking about it, praise God, and I want you to pray, God, what is it that you want me to do here in this church? Then I want us to make an agreement today with each other before God that over the course of the series as we're talking about one church, That we would find a place to get involved here in this local church so that we can fulfill God's purpose for us. Amen? Let's all rise to our feet. Just close your eyes right where you're at. And I would just, as, as this hand, if that's you and you're saying, man, Lord, I... I'm ready. I don't know what it is. I don't know when it's going to be, but I am ready to play a part. I'm ready, God. I'm ready to be a part of something that's going to tr continue to transform lives. I'm ready for, 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 to be a part of something that people are going to come and they're going to be renewed. Most importantly, listen, that part, that, that piece that God called you to be, you're going to stand in front of God one day when you're taking your last breath here on this side of eternity. And God's going to ask you, what did you do with the gifts and the talents that I gave you? As a matter of fact, you know, when you were a part of that local church, that gift, that talent, you were to be using it. What did you do with it? Listen, we're all going to be held accountable for that. All of us, including me. So right where you're at, I don't know about you, but that makes that that gives me a, a holy fear. That 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 rocks me a little bit to know that. And it's not gonna be ah, oh, you know what? But man, listen to that person over there. No, there's not gonna be no excuses. God's gonna say uh uh. Fix your eyes on me. When things aren't good to the left or to the right of you, fix your eyes on me. Peter steps out on that boat, and Jesus called him out. Why was he walking on water? Why did he walk on water first? Why? Not because he was paying attention to the people that were in, next to him that were just as afraid in that boat. He began to walk on water because he had his eyes fixed on Jesus. The moment he takes his eyes away from Jesus, he looks at the storm, and he begins to sink. Church, sometimes we can be, as we like to say, on fire for Jesus. Sometimes we can be like, man, I'm doing the work that Christ has called me to do. But what happens is that we take our eyes, come on, off of Jesus, and we start looking at the situation that is around us, at the people that are around us, and we get distracted with the ugliness of this world, and we start to, to, to drown. 
fix your eyes on Jesus. Let Jesus fix what's around you. Don't worry about what's around you. Don't worry about who's looking at you. Don't worry about how strong the storm is. Don't worry. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And when you do, he's going to continue to make you to who he called you to be, to play that a sign of surrender, church. Lift up your hands. Your eyes closed. And I'm not going to make you say this, but this has to come from your heart. But if it is you, you can say it out loud. You can say it in your heart, wherever it is you want. Say, Lord, I, it's, I want to play my part. I want to play my part. I want to be used as a piece to this powerful puzzle. I want to make up what you've called us to be. And my homework to you is every day throughout this week, month, whatever the case is, I want you to begin to pray or pray intimately. Maybe you're already doing something a part of the local church and praise God for it because the reason that we're operating right now is because you are. And I thank you for that. But maybe if you're not, or maybe you want to possibly do something else, begin to pray, God, place in my heart what it is that you want me to do. Father God, we come before you right now. We thank you. We thank you for allowing us to be together as one in this building. Lord, I thank you because as I stand here at this altar and I look, Father God, I see all those that are present. I see those, Lord, that are no longer present, God. Lord, but I see what you're doing now. I also see what you've done before. Lord, and I just, I, as I can look at the storm and begin to, to, begin to drown, I choose not to. But I choose to look at you, Jesus, knowing what it is that you still have in store for this place. Knowing what it is that you still have for the lives of these people that are here today. Knowing what you have in store for those who are going to walk in through those doors of those steps of, of this building, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would help unite us. That you would help strengthen us. And Lord, that you would give us the faith to step out and say, it's time for me to be a part of this beautiful puzzle which is called the local church in which Jesus Christ died on the cross for us. You wouldn't have done it if it wasn't worth it. You are, worth, you are a part of something that is worthy, a mission that is a necessity, a mission, a part of something that nothing else in this world can compare to when it's doing what it ought to be. Father, I pray for your church. May they take these words, may they apply them in their lives, and may they go to you like in our last series, Lord. Maybe they're wrestling, Lord Jesus, but that they would go on ahead and, and, and wrestle with these thoughts. Lord, but they, they would cling on to you. That they would embrace you. I pray as we get ready to dismiss, Lord, that you would be with your people. No matter what it is that they're going to do, where they're going to go, work, family, whatever the case is, I pray, Lord, that you would remind them who it is that you have called them to be. 
that you've called them to be the light of this world. You've called them to be the salt of this earth, God, that you did not call them to blend in. You didn't call your local church to blend in, but you called us to stand out, to be a lighthouse for those that are lost in the dark, Father. To be a lighthouse for those who are in the raging sea, Father, and don't know where to go. Lord, you have called us to be that light. Help us. Lord, we rebuke all things, Father God, that stand in the way to try to cover that light. Church, I leave you now and I dismiss you with this blessing. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord shine his face upon you all. May the Lord be gracious unto you. And may the Lord give you peace. In Jesus' holy, mighty name, the church of God says, amen. Amen, amen, church. God bless you. Don't forget to sign up for the bar, the picnic in the back. Next week, we'll have Pastor Mike Berry show up. Don't make me look bad. Love you guys.